Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's been an eventful 24 hours in the world of Reading Football Club. We've seen a CEO removed, but still staying at the club. There's a strong possibility that we're going to be seeing a new manager very soon. And it's from a name that we've never heard before. So unusual, Alexander Stanjevic. None of us would have heard of that name probably 36 hours ago, maybe even less than that. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Get Reading's Jonathan Lowe. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, good evening. And I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Evening, Paul. So, Jonathan, it has been an eventful 24 hours. Talk us through the timeline of the managerial situation. We could come on to Nigel Howe a bit later. Yeah, so um, it's obviously at the, the game on, well, the game on Saturday, obviously, um, home to Gillingham and and um, he took things as as usual. And um, Monday, as far as I'm aware, he, he took took uh, took training with normal as well at Bearwood. Um, and then there's a few whispers that obviously he, he might be being replaced. Um, you know, there's there's talk about obviously Nigel Howe as well, but um, certainly the the manager is the big one, really the the big news um, potentially moving to this more boardroom level. Um, you know. Sporting director, technical director, whatever you want to call it, um, and uh, say from, from what I heard, he, he, he did tra- take train today this morning, um, but seemingly this afternoon he's uh, obviously had talks with uh, the owner and various, I, I guess, board members, and um, it looks like he's he's going to be the running manager no longer. So um, he will be at the club, um, but not in not in the managerial capacity. Such an unusual position, isn't it, to be in, to have, be the director of football, then become the manager, and then go back to the director of football, and we're only three weeks away from the start of the season. What do you think is prompted this, Jonathan? Is the financial fair play, we're seeing rumours of that being discounted this season, maybe not discounted, but kind of not so strict. Do you think that is a factor, or is there some unknown reason? Um... I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Um, obviously, I think um, I think really the past couple of years, really, whether everyone at management and boardroom level is pulling in the same direction, um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, obviously, you've got the owner who's, who's never said a word um, publicly, so we'll never know what his intentions are. Um, you've got Nigel Howe, who came in, but from everything that I had, he didn't really have too much of a say uh, in, in too much of what was going on, really. Um, then obviously you had Mark Bowen uh, initially coming in as technical di- director and then sporting director, and then ultimately the manager. Um, and for the time when he was manager, there was obviously no sporting director. So you didn't really have that bridge between um, manager and, and owner. And, and as I say, you, you had Nigel Howe, but he didn't really have much of a say. So... Um, whether everything has come into head for in the, in the past couple of weeks or so, um, seemingly it has. Um, there is this issue with, with FFP, obviously. Um, they're not able to buy any players, um, hence the delay to the Oviagiaria deal. Um, and even though they've got you know, plenty of players off the books, they're, they're still um, in, in pretty dark financial place. So um, quite why it's come to a head now, uh, I'm not exactly sure, but certainly not, not necessarily too, too surprised with Nigel Howe. 
Um, it's probably more more the manager. You thought he, um, although, although he didn't do spectacularly last season, I think he certainly deserved a, another crack at the championship um, and was, you know, slowly building his uh, squad together, ready for the new season. Um, but now, as, um, as, we, as we've seen, it's all kind of, uh, I'd say it's a spanner in the works, really. It's kind of thrown everything up in the air and um, who knows where, where everything's going to land. Yeah, totally. And no more than the fact in your article that's just come out and get reading saying that the players are not even going to training tomorrow. That's off. And also, let's just go away to Portugal for 10 days. There might not be the fact that there's friendlies against Tottenham, there's a friendly against West Ham, and we've got this little thing called the League Cup match against Colchester United coming up. What is going on there, Jonathan? I mean, it just seems a little bit like madness, to be quite frank, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's all it's all pretty chaotic behind the scenes. Um, I say I don't know um, whether the, the the owner Dai Young is just just calling all the shots just at, at random, really, and um, is telling you know you guys go to a nice have a nice break in Portugal, meet the new manager, and hope you've uh, come back firing on all all cylinders when you come back, and don't worry about the friendlies and league cup. Um, I don't know. I, I, again, I, you know the players. I think probably quite in the dark as well. And um, yeah, whether you know, who, who really knows what's going on, to be honest, at the moment, you've got a potential new manager who, who um, I say, uh, might not have, be able to come into the country at the moment because of quarantine, or you know, will have to quarantine so can't meet the players. So um, yeah, it's all a bit of a mess. It just seems everything that you wouldn't want before the start of a season. Um, there's also been rumours of a soft embargo from the EFL. You've also put out there that we do have a deal to sign Obi Ajaria, but that is one of the major issues is that we're under this embargo. So it all seems to contradict each other. I'm trying to work out how it all comes together. Yeah, well, um, I asked Bowen for an update on Ajaria on, on Saturday and you know, he just said, well, hopefully that's something that was going to happen uh, next week, so, so i.e. this coming week. Um, and they were just waiting on, on the league kind of to hear back um, from them about the finances. So um so whether it's to do exactly with his wages or the, the agreement uh, they had with Liverpool um you know there was agreement in place um I wouldn't have thought it's, it's an issue with with whether they can um you know still afford to pay the wages because we all know that uh, Da Young's uh, cash rich um but um there's obviously a, a stumbling block and and uh the league of you know, I know they've obviously got lots of other things on their plate but um you know, the, the fact that they are delaying any decision um, means Reading are kind of holding on, the players holding on as well. Um, and no one really knows where, where we're at. So, um, you know, Reading are unable to progress in, in any manner, really, um, you know, on or off the field, uh, which is not a good situation to, to be in with the, with the new season just around the corner. No, definitely not. I mean, the under-23s are now going to be very busy, aren't they, Alex? Um, I know you've had a bit of a bet on the cup match against Colchester um, about Colchester possibly winning that match. I mean, who can blame you? Because if it is the end of 23, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I mean, there's not many under 23s left. A lot of them were released this summer. So um, given how many of them have already stepped up in the one friendly we've had so far, uh, we had a number of players who, uh, I mean, haven't even played under 23s before. Uh, necessarily that much playing on the bench and then coming on and getting minutes against Gillingham last weekend. So 
if the under-23s are the team which is going to take on Colchester next week, then it's going to be a struggle to see them really getting any kind of result. And, I mean, most fans are probably not going to be that bothered if we get knocked out of the League Cup, um, given that it's four games in, well, four games in four weeks for uh, for the League Cup. But it, all the same, um, it, when the club's got no income, if you can win two, three games and you you know, get a get a t- get a game which is going to be shown on TV. It's an extra 50, 60, I don't know how much how much cash they're going to get for that, but they, all that kind of cash helps. Um, so it's it seems maybe just cutting off your nose despite your face a little bit to just throw away any kind of potential League Cup run. Um, Colchester is not a particularly difficult draw after all. Um, you, you'd expect the first the first team to kind of put them away. So um, yeah, and then I guess on the on the basis of me having a bet, yeah, the, the odds on Colchester if they are playing the under twenty three seem a little bit too too high on Colchester currently. I think you can still get four to one on Colchester to beat us, um, which if it is the under twenty threes, given that um, I think Andreasen has gone out on loan already for in goal. Um, Southwood presumably will go out to Portugal with the first team squad, so I think you'd be looking at Boyce Clark probably in goal. Um, no idea on the other 10 players, but you, you're looking at a very, very weak um, side with not a lot of experience there. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they decide to, you know, maybe it isn't 10 days, maybe it's cut short, but it's very difficult to see how, you know, how, how ready you're going to make any kind of result there. I think they're just going to treat it like an under-23s friendly almost. I wonder what the EFL to think about all this though. I mean, the friendlies, that's a separate issue, but the actual EFL Cup, to deliberately play your under-23s, and if your whole team is in Portugal, I'm not sure that's going to go down very well, is it, Jonathan? No, it isn't. Um, I think, that, yeah, it's important to say, I mean, that's just the assumption at the moment that it is going to be the 23s. You know, there's obviously, I guess, a few of them might fly back. Um, they might leave a few at home, you know, maybe sort of the fringe players like Sam Walker and Son. Shawnee Oluko to give them game time and maybe make coach to sign them and uh, that would obviously help uh, Reading as well and obviously don't don't forget Reading haven't got an under 23 boss either um, I imagine, yeah, Scott Marshall as well yeah <laughs> uh, I imagine Michael Jokes will probably t- t- take um, look after them um, so so yeah that, that's, that's just the assumption at the moment but um, yeah it, yeah uh, I imagine it will just be whatever players are left, or unless they, they cut that trip short. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, it's not. It's, no, it's not. Obviously, not a huge game, but it's obviously a game that uh, you want to win. It's the first game of the season. It's a game that they should be winning, and you want to get the season off to a positive start. So I think um, you, know, you want to do as much as you can to to facilitate that. I mean, it all looked fairly calm at Reading FC, and then we heard the Nigel Howe news, which, as we discussed before we started recording this, is not a total surprise, but it's a kind of like, it seems a start, which they did put in the article as a review of strategy. Now, what else is going to be happening in that review of strategy? Who knows? Obviously, the manager go, is there going to be other things apart from that? But the Nigel Howe situation, he has really been forced out almost in decision-making on transfers, hasn't he, Jonathan? He's had no real final say. No, no. I think I think it's it's been it's, that's been for a while now. Um, 
I, you know, I mentioned he would have had a, a bit of say in maybe a few of the signings, but um, you know, like the, the like the, the South American players, Portuguese players, and Charlie Adam, for example, Mark Byrne bought him in last summer. Just you know, it was how I had no say. So, um, and obviously you got various agents going around um, signing players as well. So um, no, yeah, I mean he, he was kind of he was just more of a figurehead, um, and he still will be because he is vice president and. Uh, you know, he does have an important role to play with, with overseeing Bearwood, Hogwood and presumably Royal Elm Park, if that's ever going to materialise as well. Um, so I think, it, you know, it's important for him uh, you know, to, to be around and, you know, he is someone who the fans know. Uh, maybe, you know, he maybe splits opinion with uh, with supporters, but at least he is a recognisable figure and, uh, and a bit of a constant in this uh, in this world of change. So, um uh, yeah, I think, I think it's sort of nice for him to stick around. But um, in terms of him being a chief executive, um, you know, as you would assume with, with other clubs, he had far less uh, impact than than what others might have. So, Alex, what are your thoughts on the Nigel House situation? Do you think it's good news that we've got someone in that's been an employee of Die Young for many years, and uh, will probably not buck the trend, or do you think that's possibly bad news? <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I don't really think it makes a difference. I, I can't remember the guy's name who's come in. Um, it's off the top of my head, but uh, uh, Pang, I think. Pang. Um, Pang. In all honesty, I think it's just a kind of a figurehead sitting there, and you've got Dai Young kind of in the background running the show. It's you know, it, I don't really think that they're going to get any kind of like you know, say on transfers or say on how the budget looks or anything like that because realistically it all comes back to the owner anyway which is what we saw while how was how was um in charge there so i don't think we're really going to see any kind of change in policy or or difference it's just going to kind of it, it, we're going to see a continuation of what we've seen for the last maybe 18 months or so yeah it's really hard to criticize the owners because i think they have good intentions i don't think it's malicious We've seen previous owners who we've definitely had issues with, but repeatedly I'm saying on this podcast, if only they could focus their energy in the right direction, Jonathan, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd like to know what their long-term plan is because they don't seem to, it seems to veer from one direction into another every single, I wouldn't even say summer, just every window. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you think the long-term plan is? I mean, this, this is part of the reason that, uh, I mean, I understand that, criticizing the owners is difficult because they do put a lot of money into the club but at the same time it's money down the drain it's not it's not sensible money being spent um spending money on a training ground is, is great um but then if you're going to back it up by going through five managers in two years um along with spending the best part of 25 30 million pounds on transfers of which maybe half potentially end up working out well um they, that's not it's not a sensible way to run a business and it, it's strange because it, it feels like football as, as an industry as a whole often sees this is that you get business business people coming into football and and basically blowing money like like there's no tomorrow um and then you know they, they seem to completely disregard any kind of business sense of um, you know, sentiment investment and, and long-term strategy. And, and the whole goal just becomes, we've got to get to the top ASAP and we don't care what we're going to have to spend to do it, which realistically, there's only two, there's only two automatic promotion spots a season and one 
playoff spot, you, you, you're fighting with 23 other clubs every year to get promoted, and they've all got the same aim to try and get to the Premier League. I mean, maybe not this is completely the same aim, but a lot of both clubs have the potential to be in the top top six, top ten every year. Um, and if you're going to end up being a team which you know veers from having one manager to another manager with a different style who then have, wants a different squad, you're going to be spending a fortune on transfers, a fortune on wages with no real guarantee that it's ever going to come off. Um, I mean, if, you, if, if you're going to do that, you might as well just not spend anything and just stick to one manager like, like a Bowen who is going to at least give you some stability and not, you know, put your, just put your cash into the pockets of agents and players. No, I, I agree. I, I would like to see just some consistency. I, I would have stuck with Bowen personally, but I also can see why people are not overly uh, concerned that he's leaving because the home record was absolutely abysmal. And I know he only came in October, but that was atrocious. You cannot continue with that uh, situation. But overall, he did improve us. I would have liked to have seen him given another 15 games or so in the season, maybe 10 being realistic in football now. But Jonathan, how do you think it's going to pan out with the owners long term? I mean, that is such a, that is the million dollar question. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so, uh, do I get a million dollars if I get it right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, cash is clearly no, no concern for them, is it? It's no object. So, uh, they're happy to to just spend willy nilly, and um, you know if if it means constantly changing manager, constantly changing players, then so be it. And whether they whether they've um, woken up and suddenly seen that uh, the championship on paper this season is maybe not as strong as previous seasons, and really want to go for it, then you know that's that's for them to do. So um, I did get the impression that possibly you know if Bowen did had a poor did have a poor start to the season, then um, he might have been under a bit of pressure and. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe they've they've just sort of bitten the bullet now and and just changed the manager and and hoping that the new guy is 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 going to be the right man for the job. So, um, but uh, you know, say Reading do have an absolutely brilliant season, get promoted and get to the Premier League, and then uh, who knows what the plan is going to be? Are they just going to try and spend five hundred million pounds and, and hope Reading are going to win the Premier League? Uh, in a couple of years' time, then uh, you know, this, at the rate they're going, you wouldn't put it past them. So, um, you know, I've, you know, it's it's difficult to criticise them. Yes, of course it is because you know they, they have they have spent so much money. But uh, like we all, like we've all said, and, and we all see that uh, they're not maybe spending it in the right places all the time. And, um, hopefully, you know, this this new CEO, um, albeit he doesn't have you know the the. the knowledge perhaps of English football and uh, experience of working in England that um, but maybe he is that sort of like that that communication line between the club you know, you know generally here and Mr. Dai in China and, and um, you, know, it's, you know it's someone obviously who's worked with him before he, he obviously trusts and um, you know you know for all the faults uh, for the lack of communication that the owners uh, have got uh, maybe this will help in, in things. Um, you know, we don't know if he's going to do any in, in, in interviews. Whether he's going to outline what uh, Mr. Dyer's strategy is, but um, you know, I think possibly there might be a positive in the fact that uh, it will it will help ease the the line of communication between what is happening on the ground here 
and what's happening in the um, in the accounts department in China. Yeah, I think any transparency from the owners would be massive on that situation, yeah. interacting with people like yourself, um, definitely above the official side, because the official side um, will give out the sanctioned viewpoint. And I think speaking to journalists is far more important and you get more, you get more questions answered that you want, basically. So yeah. I've got a horrible feeling that they're not a horrible feeling. As a fan, it's a mix, isn't it? Because as a fan, there's, there's always that excitement of seeing money being spent. But there's also that my financial head, which is saying, this is madness. But then if I see loads of exciting new players sign, Alex, it, it, you're going to be, yeah, this is exciting. It's exciting, but <laughs> it's kind of like Christmas, right? If you had Christmas every day, is it really that exciting? Uh, I think it's exciting to see. Give it a go, Alex. I'll give it a go. <laughs> I think if you're if you're spending players on if you're spending vast fortunes on players, you know every summer, which your club can't, you know, and you like in your, you know, heart of hearts, you know that the club can't really afford to do it, and they do it year after year after year. I think eventually you're you're gonna not maybe get fed up with it, but you're gonna get to a point where you're not really. Uh, not really wanting them to. Uh, I mean, I don't really see what benefit it is for us to go out and spend a load of money this summer if it's going to happen. I mean, we've still got, what, six weeks of the transfer window left, I think. Um, but when was the last time Reading went and spent money in a... I mean, I'll disregard last year because we've only seen those players for a season, but so often we see the big names which Reading have gone out and signed in the last decade or so fail and not not pull up any trees. So it's difficult to kind of um, be that excited about us going out and spending another bunch of money just because FFP is frozen. Um, so yeah, whilst I can, I can understand people <laughs> would be excited. I think there's a, I, I'd like to probably just hold back slightly uh, and see what we're actually going to see what we're actually going to do before getting. Yeah. We've reached now the point that it's more concerning because we're so much on an edge. Our finances are absolutely abysmal. If we spend even more money, it's going to be such a high risk. If you get promoted to the Premier League, I mean, we finished 14th last season. I'd, I'd say it's pretty unlikely we're going to get promoted to the Premier League. I mean, I like to be kind of optimistic, but you've got to be realistic, haven't you? I just can't see that at all. Um, so we will go into more depth uh, probably tomorrow or the next few days on the new manager. Stan Gervic, if he is appointed, I'm kind of assuming that he will be, but we all need to research him. Let's not pretend on that. And we'll be back with that. So thank you, Alex, and thank you for Jonathan for joining us tonight. Cheers. Thank you.